And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, new paradigms for a new world. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And one of those dreams that can come true is maybe uh, you've got a story to tell. Well, of course, this program's ideal for that. This is Tell Me Your Story, but we're talking about writing your story, returning guest to our program. Love having her back here with us again. Don James. Don James has uh, a lot to tell us regarding uh, writing your book and then getting it published and all of the good things around that. She's got a lot of things that are available to you. She's on social media all over the place. DonJames.ca is one of the websites that you can go to. But uh, she's on YouTube. She's on Facebook. Pinterest, uh, and so forth. She's got a lot of different things going on. She's also the author of her own autobiography, Unveiled of the Awakened One. Uh, it's the autobiography of the Unwakened, the of the Awakened One. <clears throat> and, of course, uh, we are going to talk a little bit about that, but also talk about uh, something that's really big in the world today, and that is getting your story out and talking about it, but writing about it as well. Don, welcome back to the program. It's really nice to have you back. So nice to be back, Richard. I love our conversation. All Thank the way you. from Costa Rica. Mm. Yeah. Yes, Ordin sir. Yeah, ordinarily I'd say halfway around the world, but I don't think it's quite that far. It's still a long ways from where I'm at at Santa Barbara, but uh, still, uh, it's it's really nice to have you. And I know that I've been talking about this for way too long, and that is that I've been working on my book for, uh, well, since 2021. And I finally figured out how I'm going to, um, to sort of complete it. I actually found the very first word processing file that I started. I want to say it was journaling, but it actually has segments in it. it would be so appropriate in my book, Choices. Uh, and that is uh, the very first word processing uh, document. I labeled it first because the operating system or the uh, word processing system was called first choice interestingly enough and it was done <clears throat> on one of these uh, uh, suitcase type computers back then that had the large floppy disks had memory oh my gosh. no hard drive had memory 1994 and then I switched to of course a, a PC with uh, 286 386 etc and I noticed the timestamp on it. The last time I entered any information into it was 2007. Oh, wow. Yeah. But as I read through it, I'm going, yeah, I, that's still me. I still agree. Yeah, that's, that's mine. So I've, I've actually realized, ah, I can add some of this because I've been told I need to beef up my book. It's only, if you do eight and a half by 11, it's only three pages. I'm three pages. Uh, 23. Three. Pages. 23. 20. <laughs> <laughs> Very tiny print. No, it's, it's 23 pages. It has some pictures in it uh, yeah. and so forth. Anyway, uh, so oh, wow. I've been working on this. It's a start. This. Richard, it's yeah. a start. It's, it's a beginning. Uh, however, yes. uh, I am going to have to start procrastinating on my procrastination. Don't say that. That's no, a bad word. That's a bad, oh my goodness. Well, fortunately, the FCC won't find me. However, <laughs> you might. You might find me. Uh, I will. I, <laughs> but I, I now have realized that I've got more than enough to uh, maybe make it, uh, who knows, maybe, depending upon the size of the book. Now, see, I would like to have it, and I, I know that, 
Different authors, the publishing company usually, will determine the size of the book, whether it's going to be like a big old coffee table book, you know, or eight and a half by 11 or five by seven or a small little. I'd like to have mine like a small little spiral bound book with uh, maybe cardboard or hard covers um, with the pages in between so that you can lay it out flat or flip it so that now oh. it's just you know, five by seven or three by five or whatever. Uh, and it's just easy. You can carry it in your pocket. Richard, a word, a word from some publishing wisdom. If you do Sirlock's binding, it's hard to get into the bookstores. Ah, just keep that in mind. I, I will do that. Maybe I okay. uh, will uh, start with uh, uh, just keeping it regularly bound. But uh, yes, I've sir. noticed that uh, when I uh, had my uh, the book called The Impersonal Life Rebound, <clears throat> the best way to do it was that spiral bounding. What did you call it again? Yeah. So no, I said the Sirlox. Well, Sirlox binding. Sirlox. Okay. You can have you can have binding with wire. They do double wire binding. There's, there's about twenty different types of binding. But to get on the bookstore, they like to read the spine and see the name of the book and your name. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yes. Well, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I like the impersonal life the way I had it rebound because I can fold it in half and I just hold the book and read the, yeah. that page and then just flip it over and so forth. It's really kind of convenient. True, true. But that yeah. is down the road. That is after the book has been completed. Which will <clears throat> and, be 2022. Yeah. December. And, uh, is that what you're saying to, to, to of choices? Yes. 2022 December, the release for the holidays. Yes. Uh, that's yes. what I'm going to shoot for. Now that I have, I have my own laptop. I didn't before. I uh, carry it with me almost everywhere I go. I have the documents on the computer. Nice. I have the word processing program ready to roll. And I'm not going to worry too much about the formatting right now. That's going to come later, I know. But the that's big later. thing is getting the content down on the page absolutely and you know i have had the pleasure of working with 400 writers since 2010 and i've heard many reasons why people don't start and i hate i have more reasons why they don't finish more reasons why they don't finish mm -hmm. so i know for most writers procrastination is really big but when you really peel back the layers and you say why is it why is it you can't start and you can't finish your story and it for me it actually boils down to three things mm -hmm. it always boils down to three things everyone who can't finish is in one of these three buckets what i've seen over the years is number one lack of clarity the three c's clarity you need clarity, you need commitment, <laughs> you need commitment and you need confidence. And if those three things aren't there, it is very, very hard to finish writing your story. And there's many things that contribute to all of those three factors. And I've seen quite an array of things that contribute to it. You know, I've had people call me up and go, well, in, in English class, but I really want to write a book. Right, because they have this block about they can't spell, they can't put three sentences together, and but I have a good story, but I just I'm not a good writer. You know, I can't spell. I've heard people say that, you know, I have to tell my story, but I don't want to, you know, hurt my family. How do I go about that? I have a whole range of things. People are feeling stuck, or they don't know where to start. They don't know what stories to tell. They don't know how much to share. Some share too much. 
Mm. I've gotten some manuscripts that, you know, I was like getting the fan blowing on. I was getting like, oh my God, you can't put that in print. <laughs> so, you know, I don't do erotica. I'm saying that right now. I don't do erotica, triple X and all that stuff. I'm pretty well fiction, nonfiction, children's books. <laughs> Poetry. We do poetry as well. Wonderful. Now, what about uh, uh, then the the next level, which uh, I don't know if you deal in this area or not, but the uh, the recorded uh, version of the book, uh, they call them audibles. I was a kid growing up and I was listening to talking books and recordings for the blind uh, because of my visual impairment, uh, which we'll talk about as far as you are concerned as well. Uh, But what about that aspect of it? How important or unimportant is that? I, I would say audio. Well, first of all, for a fact, audiobooks are growing in popularity. They're, they're saying the growth is anywhere from 20 to 30 percent a year, mm. year over year. And I, I personally believe the popularity comes from the fact that telling stories connects us. But when I hear your voice, when I hear the emotions in your words, when I feel what you're saying, I am more connected to you. And I would argue in the last 25 years, we have numbed out of tweeting and texting and poking and twitting and whatever. We're we're numbed out. All this content we're pumping out with our hands, guess what? You could say, have a great day. I didn't feel it. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. So when we hear the voice, we connect. We connect to the emotion of the words. Reading and listening are two different things, as you know, right? When we're reading, it's our voice in our heads. Mm-hmm. But when I'm listening to an audiobook, and I think that's why children love being read to at night. Yeah. The human voice connects us in a deeper way than just reading little scribbles on a page. So audiobooks are growing in in uh, popularity, um, definitely. They now have new um, promotion programs, even on BookBub for audiobooks, which is fabulous. So, yeah, I'm very excited about that. I've done two myself. Um, we don't produce audiobooks for our clients, but I kind of steer them in the right path. But it's very nice to hear a human voice and hear the intonation and just feel what they feel, feel mm-hmm. the excitement, feel the joy. Um, we need to get back into feeling, not just reading. And I think that's why audiobooks are so popular. And if they're done well, boy, I uh, I actually produce audiobooks. I produced a children's book with the author. She actually flew down here from Washington State, and uh, we spent a day. We did a two-hour session in the morning, a two-hour session in the afternoon. She was done. Uh, then I went to town and produced it up. You can listen to, uh, for example, a, uh, a, a sample of it at Amazon, where you go to their uh, um, Amazon section, type in Ghost Girl in Car Number 9, and you can listen to uh, some samples, if you will, a five-minute recording uh, of that. And there's music, there's some sound effects. I did not include all. I wanted to leave some of that to the listener's imagination. But it was such a blast. It was like grandma reading to the kids, the grandkids. It really was. You know what? I didn't know you do audiobooks. I, I got to send some people your way. Amazing. Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. I love doing it. And now, do you think that in this context of what we're talking about, and again, I realize this is a realm that you're, you're, uh, you're just uh, uh, getting into in that respect, 
Do you think that that it's uh, always best to have the author read their own writing as opposed to getting a, shall we say, a professional reader or narrator? I have personally, when I look at the difference, I, I actually did a book I read myself and I did a book read by someone else. Um, if you're doing a book with multiple characters, you're going to need a team to narrate it, definitely, right? If, if it's just your story, I think you could come across well, but if it's got more than, you know, two or more characters, you definitely want to have professional narrators. Mm -hmm. um, having listened to someone read my story and I read my story, I would rather read my own story, um, you know, and express put emphasis on the things that I need to put emphasis on based on what I'm sharing. Because you know, because someone, someone writing, yeah. someone reading my story doesn't know where to put that emphasis, or at least you have to tell them sentence by sentence. It's a lot of work as you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for fiction, Oh, definitely get professional narrators yeah. you know, to, to get all those characters. And there are some narrators who can do all the characters. They can do the voices, uh, which is uh, actually can be a lot of fun. Uh, yes. I, I used to work in uh, a radio theater back in the 80s, and that was such a blast. And it was the same kind of thing, although we had actors who came in. They were actually performing this, and they wanted to do a radio theater version or treatment of it. And, nice. uh, oh, it's it's such a blast. I want to let you folks know we're talking with Don James, and she uh, is the author of Unveiled. She is also available through the publishing work that she does, Publish and promote.ca publish and promote.ca she's got a bunch of different uh courses and classes and so forth my three programs for writers and authors how to write your story on demand uh basically learning and it's a on-demand learning it's an hour 20 minute uh, go you can go to <coughs> i'm sure publish and promote.ca to find out more about that particular course you can also write your book in 45 days and she's involved with you in that throughout that 45 day period 14 hours of focused live uh, work sessions or working sessions if you will and uh, then of course uh, you also have a seven days of um, unrestricted writing time in the soothing sunny vibrations of Costa Rica <laughs> I can you repeat that it sounded so Oh, good. I'm ready to come down there. Uh, Wait, I'm here. Well, you're already there. <laughs> Seven days of unrestricted writing time in the soothing, sunny vibrations of Costa Rica. Only minutes from the Pacific Ocean. My favorite place to be is at, at the Oceanside. Four workshops, yes. meals, all the wonderful stuff. Uh, you can join these folks. Uh, you can join uh, Dawn in November of 2022. November of 2022. Wait, Richard. Yes. That's a month before your publication date. You should come on down. Uh, that is not a bad idea. That is not no, a bad idea. No pressure. Men and women are invited. I'm just saying. I know. My, as a matter of fact, interestingly enough, I should be getting, uh, as of our conversation, I should be getting my renewed passport uh, sometime in the mid, middle, late June, early July. I have not renewed it for 21 years. I got my passport, I think, in 2021 or 20, maybe it's 22. So it's been a, a, nearly 20 years, and they only last 10. So uh, there you go. So that would be a great way. By the way, folks, you can go to 
the right place to write to apply for this uh, this event that's going on in November. Find out the exact dates. Seven days, folks. It, it'll be a lot of fun. We're talking with Don James here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it's really a pleasure to have uh, uh, um, the, the writer of, of course, the author of Unveiled, which is her story, which we're going to talk about a little bit here on the program. Uh, but uh, she has been through... Uh, it's her autobiography, an autobiography of an awakened one. We'll get a little more definition on that if this is the first time you've listened. Uh, she's uh, been on Tell Me Your Story, uh, what, twice before this, I believe? Yes. And uh, we talked about uh, a lot of what you, you experienced, as well as a lot of understanding of quite a number of different things, from the Kundalini awareness to the Merkaba spiritual awakening, astral travel, harmonic, uh, harmonic accord, uh, uh, concordant. Con- oh my lord! Concordance. Uh, thank you, concordance. <laughs> I can say it. It's just not coming out. Psychic abilities <laughs> and clairsentience, as well as. Um, I, I love this one because it reminds me of of uh, an old Barney Miller episode, Breatharianism, uh, where one guy was uh, in the uh, jail cell and and he was breathing and uh, and one of the guys comes up, uh, the low key guy comes up and says, "What are you What are you doing?" He says, "Oh, I'm a Breatharian and I'm breathing some." To which he responds, "Yeah, we'll leave some for us." Uh, she's also uh, talking. Well, she also has learned a lot about attunements, um, angelic, the angelic realms. Uh, unity consciousness, um, samadhi, uh, also the power of prayers, activating, I mean, this goes on, activating of the chakras, uh, there's there's more to this list, we'll get into that. Tell us why you decided to talk about yourself. You're a young woman who has lived, I'm going to say, half her life. You got another half to go. I always find it interesting when people write what they call their memoirs, okay? Their <laughs> memoirs. And let's say they're 35. What the heck have you got to talk about yet? You haven't really lived yet. I'm 61 and I'm still skeptical about writing my memoirs. Listen, Richard, I'm, I'm just a shadow behind you. Okay, for the last time, I'm a grandmother. <laughs> Okay. I know, I know. I've earned the right to say that. Okay, okay. Um, why did I choose to write? Well, I'll tell you. When when I when I stepped, I wasn't stepped into. I was catapulted into spirituality. There was there was no pre prerequisite class. There was no warning. It was like poof, you're gone. And so, man, you know, it's sink or swim. Now. I had to make sense of all of this stuff that no one ever talked about in my entire life. I'm almost 40 and I'm getting a whole bunch of experiences that I can't find anybody to talk to on the planet at the time. And so I had to figure out what the bleep was going on with me, physically, emotionally, mentally, all levels. After I started dissecting everything and I actually peeked out of my house after two years of being a hermit, I stepped out of the house and I started speaking with a Swami, a Swami of Eastern tradition who started giving me some vocabulary. I didn't know what Kundalini was until I chatted with him. I didn't know a lot of words. I just had experiences 
by the time I processed all of this new vocabulary, I'm already about seven years in from the experience. And I'm not feeling comfortable sharing it because it is intense. So I, like you, Richard, I picked up the manuscript, I put it down, I picked it up, I put it down, and that went on for almost 16 years. <laughs> I didn't have a floppy disk, I actually used a laptop, so I have to say I was in, you know, in, in modern times, but here's the thing. When the world shut down in March of 2020, I started waking up at 3 a.m. And the only time I get up at 3 a.m. is when it's time to write. My best time to write is 3 to 6 a.m. All of my books I've written between 3 and 6 a.m. So when I started walking around the house at 3 a.m. going, why am I getting up? I realized there was a message for me to sit down and start finishing the story I started. The main impetus for writing Unveiled is I say up front, this isn't my story. This is everyone's story of knowing who you are and accepting all aspects of yourself. I did not know I had a spiritual side until 2003. And I wasn't you know, in the best mind frame to be pushed into spirituality. So I had to discover these things about myself. When the world shut down in March 2020, to me, when I saw people reacting and I, I saw how people were communicating, a lot of people were saying, oh my gosh, the world we know is no longer the world we know. And this feeling of everything I've known to be true is suddenly disintegrating. And I said, this is the time to share this story because when I woke up spiritually, every living thing I knew about reality disappeared in 48 hours. Everything disintegrated. And I felt those emotions because of my empathic ability. I felt everyone was feeling the world is basically turning into quicksand beneath my feet. I can't go anywhere. I can't do this. I can't do, can't, 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 can't. So much restriction, so much fear and anxiety, and all of these emotions came back into my being from feeling the world. And I said, this is the time to share the story. We all are waking up, everybody's waking up, but the key is know yourself and accept yourself. Get to know all aspects of you. And this is how I feel the world is shifting right now. People are shifting. Their values are shifting. Would you agree, Richard? Oh, I the would. The values we had four mm -hmm. years ago are not the values we have today. I would agree with you there. You almost sound like what I was saying with my eldest sister um, uh, at Thanksgiving one year. Uh, we were in my mother's house in the kitchen, and we were having this little conversation slash debate over spirituality and all of this. And uh, uh, she was concerned about my salvation, to which I responded, well, uh, my beliefs of yesterday are not my beliefs of today are not my beliefs of tomorrow because I'm still alive. I'm still experiencing. I'm growing. I'm I'm, I'm meeting new people. I'm having new experiences and so forth. And so how, how can I hold on to old, quite honestly, stagnant beliefs that they don't serve me anymore? They don't work. And I love what Greg Braden said in our, our conversation I had with him uh, over his book, uh, The Healing Power of Belief, where he said, one day we will no longer believe. We will just know. And what you're talking about is now, right now, each one of us can 
not believe who we are. We can know. But that requires something of us that I mentioned in our programs regularly about people participating in the decade of perfect vision. We encourage people to go within to listen, not only listen to that still small voice, but to get in touch with who you really are. I want to talk more about that. Don James is my guest here on the program. Her book is Unveiled, uh, Autobiography of an Awakened One, here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it's really a pleasure to have... Um, you call yourself a publisher as well? I assist people in publishing their books All right. because that's the space I come from. I teach. If you ask me why I came back to this place, I came back here to teach. So I teach people how to publish their own work. Everything they do is theirs. They own it. But I teach them how to do it mm -hmm. professionally and connect to the reader. That's the key. Right? Publishandpromote.ca is the website. You can find out all you want to find out in that regard with uh, Don James and, uh, and the work that she does. I want to talk about this whole business of getting to know self. Uh, this is so important. I know there's a, a, a quote that, that's running through my head right now. Uh, know thyself be true, uh, something along those lines, I guess. I don't know if that's Shakespeare or some other philosopher. Um, uh, but it, it can, and sometimes the older we get and the more experiences that we have, quote unquote, under our belts, sometimes the more difficult it is because many of us, we don't want to face a lot of the memories of those experiences because they weren't so great. I'm not even going to call them traumas. They're just experiences. Uh, how do you encourage people uh, in this process of knowing thyself to be open, open-hearted and open-minded in dealing with, and again, this is probably the accurate way to put this, uh, Don their perception of that experience because i saw something not long ago that says we don't remember a hundred percent of that experience yeah. we only remember especially the emotional aspects thereof absolutely i mean these are called emotional imprints there are imprints put on us and one of the questions i love to ask that demonstrates this is do you remember your worst teacher in school? Most people say yes. And I say, do you remember your best teacher in school? Most people say yes. But all the teachers in between don't remember their names because that great teacher left an imprint on you and that terrible teacher left an imprint on you. So we have these emotional imprints and we store them in all places for whatever reason. We ignore it, we suppress it, we put a cap on it. And so human beings don't like pain. Go figure. <laughs> That's why they have so much uh, painkillers on the market. Human beings do not like pain. We don't like to go back in time and relive things. Mm. And so one of the ways that I, I guide people to get back there is I take them through something. Um, it's a four-step program that gets them to look at certain events in their life not like they're in it, just look at it. And then we begin a process of identifying what those emotional imprints are that they've been holding on to. And then I guide them to start letting that go 
in a way that you're going to replace that with a new way of seeing yourself. So what happened? What happens to the little kid that is constantly criticized as a child? Hurry up. You can't do that. Why isn't that done? Da, 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 da. You didn't do this. Da, da, da. You're constantly criticized as a child. Mm-hmm. You're going to, you're not going to have self-confidence. You're not going to believe in yourself. And that affects every aspect of your life. So we got to go back in time and go back to that event. And we literally have to take, like you said, that belief. And we're going to have to kind of rotate it a little bit. And the way you rotate it is by asking some key questions. So I get them thinking about the person who said that to you. What are they all about? You get to see that person differently. Then I say to them, okay, now that we've looked at that person, now tell me how you would feel about what's said, knowing who they are. So we actually start changing the lens, Mm -hmm. if you will. But most people cannot or don't want to go back there and deal with things by themselves. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Because we shun pain. It's human behavior to shun pain. But if we're able to ask some questions of ourselves and do that introspection you talk about, like, how did I feel when they said that? Okay, that feeling was connected to that situation. Why am I bringing it to future situations? Is that really how I want to respond to life. And you start asking yourself questions. And so you start peeling the onion of your behaviors. You start peeling the onion of your decisions. And when you really get down to the nitty gritty, you'll begin to find yourself. I believe one of the best tools I have used that got me through two years of thinking I was going crazy (laughs) was journaling. Honest to God, if I didn't have a pen and paper to write some things down, I would not be sitting here today. Journaling invited my subconscious to sit in front of me and show me who I was. I opened the dialogue with my subconscious and I said, why the frick am I back here? (laughs) I felt really good out there. Why the frick did you bring me back? And two years, I kept asking the same question Richard two years all different ways I kept asking the question because when I came back I realized I couldn't go back to my old life there was nothing there for me to go back to I saw it as toxic I saw it as unfulfilling I saw it as meaningless and I had to find something to cling to so my journal saved me (laughs) lots of questions a lot of reflections peel back the layers we got it. We got to do the inner work. You know this. You, you've been preaching this for decades. Well, I'll tell you, I have like five or six journals, books that I remember uh, the first one that I bought and I started writing at the age of 21. And I wrote for quite a long time, uh, several years, and then just stopped. But then I did some drawing and this and that and the other. Uh, I've also noticed, too, that another way for people to do this, because I've experienced this as well, is uh, in the process of, uh, and it, it actually goes along with one of the books that you have written, uh, it re- goes along with songwriting. I, I, now, I am now a songwriter. I've written one, uh, and I'm hoping to have the video up on my YouTube channel here shortly. But songs are nothing more, in my perspective, uh, if someone says, I hate poetry, I don't like poetry, ah, that's not true. Do you like music? 
Well, yeah, I like this group and that group. Well, it's just poetry to music. In many instances, that's exactly what it is. It's poetry to music. Uh, And if you were to read the lyrics to a song and you look at the way they lay it out, they lay it out in stanzas like poetry. Yes. You know, that can be very powerful as well. So there are ways, there are different ways. You can either write it long uh, in, in an elongated tale like an autobiography or you can take a look at some of the experience, kind of like what you were just talking about, mm-hmm. and, and uh, write a poem about that experience that touched yes. you, that changed yes. you, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I try to have uh, the recording device on my phone available so that if I get... I was, I was actually coming down the hill uh, to work one day, and I was just kind of musing and saying these, singing these words out loud, having mm-hmm. to do with um, uh, the passing of my sister. And this four-line stanza came out, and I'm going, oh, that is so great, and I'm driving, and I don't have the recorder going, and I'm hoping... All right, I didn't get it. I hope somebody gets it. You know, I hope somebody will pick it up out of the ether because uh, yes. it was a great set of four lines. And, yes. Oh, so, uh, you know, sometimes we, we, we miss, and it wasn't like I could pull over right away because I'm coming down yeah. a mountain road. It just doesn't work that way. But there are so many different ways for us to express ourselves. Do you find yes. most people, uh, they're inclined to, write the the long form autobiography versus say poetry or a bunch of little short stories uh you know when i was 10 uh when i went to disneyland i did this that and the other thing and had this experience and so forth uh, are there is there a particular method or is it extremely individualized no, it, it's, it depends on, you know, some people just are doing a slice of time. You know, there's a memoir about a specific thing. Like, um, I, you know, there was a client of ours. She had quite a journey navigating through the medical system with a specific issue. And because she came out of it ahead of the game where so many people didn't, she wanted to write about that and teach people how to navigate themselves through the medical system. So some people just have some very interesting life events they want to share in a memoir. Other people do a full autobiography. Um, I have met some poets. That, uh, we just published a um, book uh, for a young lady in uh, Quebec, Canada. And her, her, her three topics was family, life, and relationships. She had a hundred short stories, each a hundred words. Imagine writing a story in a hundred words. So every story is a hundred words. Wow. <laughs> short shorts on family. What, quite an amazing little feat to do a hundred stories. Each story was a hundred words. That's that is Glenn. amazing. Obviously uh, done on the computer so that you keep track of the word count. Yes, she did. Yeah, uh, you know, but you know, we all yeah. have different ways of expressing, yeah. and so whether you want to do audiobook, you want to write the whole story, you want to write a part of a story. Uh, some people go on to speaking. There's so many ways, but I think the key you said, Richard, is all these emotional imprints we have. There are some things we just, this container isn't meant to store Mm. everything. And I think this is why self-expression through music, writing, any form of self-expression, creativity, painting, it soothes our soul. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I gravitated to writing because of my corporate background, working in publishing. I've done newspapers and magazines and all that. So I kind of gravitated to publishing, but... 
you know, when I look back, I see the power of sitting with pen and paper and keyboard. There's so much power, empowerment you get from being able to express yourself. And I think that's a healthy thing to do. And I mean, now, not just now, but the last three years have been highly traumatic and we're seeing evidence of the extreme uh, end of mental health. And, you know, I do want to acknowledge, if you don't mind it, just a little tangent. Um, the last couple of weeks, you know, these two young people, I want to acknowledge and I want to say, um, I feel for and I send prayers and I send healing vibrations to all people impacted by gun violence, all people, mm -hmm. because it's not, it's not just, it's everyone in that greater circle is impacted. So I do want to acknowledge some of the events that have taken place in the last few weeks, but in general, this is a cry for help because for someone to go to that length, there's, there's definitely, we need to start taking care of each other, intervening when someone is crying for help and trying to get these people to express themselves because all this pent up emotion is coming out in a deadly way. That's just my feeling of what I'm seeing. Um, every age group has been impacted over the last two and a half years on this planet, every age group, but I see, and I heard, and I'm hearing, cause I've got some people in our family between 15 and 30 that are feeling so lost and so hurt we as human beings need to express ourselves. Wouldn't you agree? We have to express ourselves because all that bottled up emotion is not serving humanity. Well, that is true. That is absolutely true. And I have to say that uh, one, you know, I, I keep, I keep, uh, Using that phrase, I have to say, I you know, I just just say it. You know, I don't have to. <laughs> I choose to. Uh, but there is a there is a song um, by uh, an American songwriter by the name of Harry Chapin. He wrote a song called "The Sniper," and this is about a young man who, and it, I believe it's based on a true story, uh, who basically takes a rifle up into the bell tower of uh, possibly a university. And remember, Harry died in the, the early '80s. So this was something early on. And basically uh, the, the line in it uh, that really epitomizes uh, or the, the stanza epitomizes what you are saying. But in this case, this song is, am I? Am I a lover who's never been kissed? Am I? Am I a fighter who's not made a fist? Am I? If I'm alive, then there's much, there's so much I've missed. How do I know I exist? Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Am I? And that's where a lot of people are because they have been given those messages or they haven't, they've been given the nonverbals of being ignored or being shut down. Uh, the, the, the polarization in this country right now is doing just that. It's shutting people are, uh, I was talking with someone just recently about this. People are quoting uh, the party line, if you will. They're, they've got the, the catchphrases, if you will. There's another word for them. But anyway, and they mm -hmm. just keep, that's all they say. And then the other person says the catchphrases from their side of the aisle. Mm -hmm. And they're not really saying anything. They're actually, and they don't care 
about what you're saying because their side, theirs is more important and they're right and you're wrong and so forth. And so then we get to that point where, so I I had this conversation. You had no conversation. You just, you just said a bunch of words and they said a bunch of words, but neither of you heard one another. You ignored each other for the sake of your position. Because the ego is dominating the narrative and you know, it's, it's so ironic. Last night, um, someone sent me a YouTube link, um, the Hopi prophecy. And, I, you know, I, I study a number of indigenous mm-hmm. myths and, and prophecy. And so many are saying the same thing. We, we, the collective, have seven cycles around the sun to get this thing right. We are in the sixth sun right now we're on the sixth cycle around the sun Mm -hmm. every cycle takes about 5300 years we're in the sixth cycle to get it right there's one more left and that's it to get it right get it right means we're not here to get stuff to have stuff we're not here to devalue life we're not here to exploit each other we're not here for anything material we're here to remember how to live in harmony we better get it right because we are nowhere near the mark and we're in the sixth cycle around the sun there's one more cycle to go so if you check out rainbow prophecy hopi prophecy pre all of them we've got we're we're just starting the sixth cycle so give or take we got eight to nine thousand years to get this you know what get our (laughs) stuff together (laughs) and it's like when you hear what's going on in certain, you know, places in the country, you just shake your head because I don't think people realize there, there is a limit to the patience of the universe. This beautiful planet is so rich and there's more than enough for everybody. We do not need to create imbalance at all. Mm-hmm. This is a rich, abundant, beautiful planet we need to remember the sacredness of life. We need to remember everything on this planet is sacred. And we've forgotten it. And I don't know how we forgot it, but we have amnesia. Mm-hmm. We better start remembering because we got maybe eight to 9,000 years to get it right. And, you know, Al Gore um, had a documentary called The Inconvenient Truth yeah. before he ran for uh, presidency. The first part, I think there's two. The first inconvenient truth, he has an amazing visual. He shows you a clock, and on the clock, it's five minutes before midnight. And he said, if this clock, this 24-hour clock represented the planets, human beings only arrived five minutes before midnight. And in less than 30 seconds, look how much damage we've done on this planet. Yeah. And I've even talked to people in regards to, you know, what, whatever you want to call it uh, and the science. And I say, I don't care about the science. Forget about the science. Throw the science out for all I care. Shouldn't we clean up our home? That is the only Thank phrase I, wa- I will utter in that regards. Shouldn't we clean up our home? It is a mess. Yeah. And we can we can do that, but there has to be the will, not political will. 
There has to be the will. And it doesn't matter whether you're doing it or you're doing it or you're doing it. I need to do it. I, 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 it just, it, it, it's like fingernails on a chalkboard to me when I hear, well, this country and that country and the other country, they're not doing their part. They're actually making it worse. So then let's help to not make it any worse by minimizing our contribution. And then we can show them how this will work. They can continue doing what they want, but they can do it in other ways, hopefully. But the point is, You don't wait for somebody else to do it. You have to start. Be the example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it takes commitment, right? It Go does. against the grain. Who cares what, who's not doing it? Yeah. You know, be a leader. Yeah. How about you be a govern yourself, govern your home, be a leader, right? Yeah. Your, your home should be your castle. Yeah. And, you know, one, one of the things I, I, I preach a lot um, in my second book, How to Raise a Vibration Around You, it's all about living in harmony with the planet. Mm-hmm. Do not bring toxic things into your home. Start with what your your money. Where is your money being spent? Pay attention. Yeah. And if your money is being spent as part of the problem, you need to start changing your choices when you go to the store. It's all about choice. You know, going back to your up and coming book, December twenty twenty two. It's all about choices. Are you making a conscious choice that is not going to be putting you or your community or the planet? you know, in dis-ease, like you have to pay attention to your choices. So that's a big part of it. Um, You know, I, I, like I said, we got to pay attention to the prophecy because we have to get it right. It's not, it's not negotiable. Yeah. (laughs) This is, you know, and, and, you know, I've, I've, uh, I'm quite familiar with, I guess what they refer to as the thus far the five extinction events that humanity has has gone through uh, in I can't remember how many thousands of years it's been because there's like it's like a what is it a 2500 a 2500 year cycle each one of them something like that or maybe it's 25,000 I, I I don't remember it's just five be that as it may uh, you, you, we, we've gone through this thing five times wiped ourselves out five times and the evidence of that Greg Braden talked to us about he says uh, um, I think it was Pakistan I'm not 100% certain but it was in that area of the world where they found this massive desert floor it was one giant sheet of glass Now, we all know, at least many of us know, that we make glass from sand, Sand, superheating the sand, and it makes glass. It becomes liquid. I I have a good friend who is a master glass blower, and he's, he's amazing with what he creates. But the point is, then the question is, well, wait a minute. How is this giant sheet of glass here? Okay, well... What temperature is required? And again, I don't have the answers to these questions, but it's obviously superheated that would cause this. And the only conclusion that Greg and his science people and and so forth could come to is it had to have been some kind of a nuclear blast of some sort in order to melt the sand Mm. into making a sheet of glass. So we, we keep doing this to ourselves. We hear the myths, they call mm-hmm. the myths, of, yeah. of uh, um, oh, come on, Richard, of Lemuria and um, what is the other one? Ladies? <clears throat> no, not, no, no, no. It's here on this planet. It's uh, Islands, oh. uh, Civilizations. And now I, I um, it escapes me. It was an island, supposedly. Oh, you're about Atlantis? Atlantis. Thank you, Atlantis. Okay. <laughs> and Lemuria, both of them, uh, yes. you know, uh, are not 
above ground anymore. And yet they, they, there are those who feel they have found them. I mean, there, there are some reports here and there that say, yeah, we think we found the lost city of Atlantis or Lemuria, what have you, and many others. Uh, it's just amazing what we're finding on the seafloor as well. I mean, uh, some yes. of the discoveries. So it's showing yes. that we've been here before. Uh, even Greg says that what's going to really be astounding is when we do go back to the moon. If we stay there for a, a good long period of time, we're going to find out we've been there before, too. And it's I, I believe you're going to find the same thing on Mars, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah, so, uh, you know, this is not the first go-around. We've been, we've been all over the place. But that, that's a, another story for somebody else to write, not mine. Uh, although not I will yours. say that if the aliens do come with the mothership, I want on. Okay. You're going to hitchhike? I oh will my hitchhike, goodness. doggone it. And I will write the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, <laughs> volume one. <laughs> Vol yeah, volume one, exactly. Yes. We're talking with uh, Don James. Don, we're having a lot of fun here on the program talking about uh, how you can write your story. We're creating all kinds of stories here uh, that are not necessarily uh, myths or fiction, although she deals in fiction as well as nonfiction, children's books and poetry. And uh, you can go to the website we want you to go to, of course, will be linked to this one is publishandpromote.ca, publishandpromote.ca. There's also a, 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 an, another one that you can go to, too, and that's hers. It's donjames.ca, donjames.ca. We hope that you'll check all that out. She's also, of course, uh, at her website as well as YouTube and Facebook and Pinterest and probably Twitter and a few others. Uh, but uh, we certainly hope that you will also check out her book, Unveiled, Autobiography of an Awakened One, as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and Don James is my guest as we as we continue our journey uh, along the path, I joke about how when I'm on my computer, I, I have to keep refilling it with ink because I keep running out as I'm typing. Uh, it's kind of like the ribbon on a typewriter, but it's a it's a joke. Uh, and no, oh there yeah, I'm, I'm visualizing that. Yeah, right and, now. and there is no whiteout on my screen. Okay, and right. if you don't know what whiteout is, ladies and gentlemen, Google it. Oh my gosh! Uh, if you don't know whiteout, it means you're under forty. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I'm over by 21 years. Um, I'm right behind you, Richard. I keep telling you. I know, I know, I know, I know. Well, I can at least claim that I'm a great uncle. Let's put it that way. I'm a great uncle because uh, my sister's daughter has two uh, children. And my parents, of course, are great grandparents. And I got to tell you, uh, when my great grandmother was alive, she lived to be 100. I want to outlive her. Um, nice. we had four generations and then when she passed, we were down to three. I have a yeah. picture of my great grandmother in the center, my mother on one side, my sister, eldest sister on the other side and her little baby girl, Hannah sitting in her lap at oh a family reunion. That is beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I had a sliver of that about six years ago when my daughter had her son and my father came to see his great grand and I actually, the four of us, it's so beautiful. And you know what, when, when that moment took place, I looked at my dad and I thought, Oh my gosh, there's so many stories. I haven't heard you tell me there's so much living. This man has done. Yeah. And I said, Dad, I got to get you in a recording studio or something because he's got so many stories to yeah, tell. Yeah. And, you know, 
we've been joking on and off and he's still doing very well. Mind, body, spirit, 87 this month, 87 years old. Great. And um, there's just so many stories. And, you know, I, when I look at our elders, I would just love to be able to spend like half a day with anyone over 80 and just listen to their stories. I think one of the most beautiful things we can do for our families is to share our story. Mm. Capture it in any way you can, because that's a legacy, right? My grandson will not be able to sit down and chat with his great grandfather in 10 years or 20 years. Yeah. So imagine if I could get the stories from my dad, his great grandfather now, and have him listen to my right dad speak to him. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So I really think it's important to share our stories leave that legacy for the future generation. They may not have met you, but they could read your words. They can hear your voice. Audio audio doesn't go out of date, right? Not like the floppy disk you had in 19, <laughs> 1989, right? Audio does not, as far as I know, MP3s and for whatever, they're going to last for a while. Exactly. So if you're over 80, listen up. If you're over 61, if you're, if you're not a youngin' like Richard, if you're over 61... Start recording your stories. Yeah. Leave something for those young people to listen to. Yeah, That's one of the beautiful things of sharing your story. You're leaving a legacy. Well, that's the one thing about this program. I joke about this, but it is actually true that if anybody has ever followed my career and the interviews that I've done over the 43 years I've been doing this, I've been sharing about my personal life throughout and uh, they would actually be able to write my unauthorized biography <laughs> just by virtue <laughs> of the things that I've shared on these interviews. And I don't mind. Wow. Uh, you know, one of the interesting things, too, um, uh, Don, is we all share a commonality, and that is the emotions that we go through, the, the emotions that we have. Okay, yeah. we all have the same emotions. Obviously, the intensities will change, but mm-hmm. wh- that's what makes us similar. What makes us unique, and you notice I didn't say the word different, but unique, yes. yeah. is the stories of how that emotion that we all share came about. Yeah. yeah. You're absolutely right. And that's why you are so adamant about people getting their story out, regardless of whether it's uh, audio, whether it's um, or even video for that matter, uh, pen and paper, computer, uh, stone tablet and chisel. You know, we don't care. Just get it out there. Get yourself a roll of parchment. And you said something really important, Richard. The ability, I said before, we have so many emotions. We're, we're holding on to a lot in this container. Writing your story is one of the most healing and liberating things you can do. I have witnessed so many men and women who finally got that story written and they see it in print. Oh, my God, I feel 200 pounds lighter. I have seen a lot of tears of joy when people found the courage to get that story out and so storytelling is healing it is very very healing it can even heal a community not just you i have witnessed women talk about one of our clients is a two-time cancer survivor she had two different types of cancer and she fought it 
And now she's going out talking to other people who are experiencing right cancer. So your story is not just for you or your glory. It's for everyone. Everyone who can relate and connect to you, we're all going to benefit from it. And I've seen it. I've been witnessing this for such a long time. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about this topic. I know what it's done for me. I, I see what it's done for other people. And it's part of that humanity that, you know, we're talking about healing and humanity and living in harmony. If we can listen to each other's stories, we're going to connect to each other deeper. And guess what's going to happen, Richard? All this hate and indifference may dissipate. Did you know, I think you and I touched upon this last time I met. During uh, 2021, there was a lot of, the new vocabulary was anti-racism, unlearning. Remember, we heard a lot of dialogue. And you know what I saw happening in corporations? Hmm. Diverse groups of people sitting down and talking to one another, just talking about experiences and it the ripple effect went across the planet and i think that is one step towards living in harmony but you know what richard we need to keep the conversations going it's not a flavor of the year it needs to keep going when you get diverse groups sitting down together and talking and listening and relating that is the first step to cultivating compassion. You cannot snap your fingers and have compassion when you don't even know the other person's story. So this is why I think storytelling is so powerful. And I do believe if we take the time to listen to each other, it is a step towards healing this planet. And that's what I've been seeing for over a decade. And yeah. and one of the other one of the other aspects of all of this, as you have uh, so uh, well elucidated, is the fact that we that there's a bib, there's a passage in in the New Testament in reference to what you've already said about telling our story that ye shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I believe that's that has nothing to do with the truth about what, uh, you know, the true story about what somebody else has done. Yeah. It's learning about the truth of who you are and the yeah. things that you've been through. Right. Yes, absolutely. You know, the greatest I often say the greatest teacher is you. The greatest teacher is you. If you take the time. Like, let me give you an example. How many people at the end of the day can sit down and reflect on the events of their day and actually observe what went right today? What didn't go so right today? How can I do this a little differently the next time this comes up? How many people actually take the time to analyze what's happening, right? So if you're not even looking back at your day, you're missing a huge opportunity to learn something about you, yeah. about how you show up in the world. How are you interacting in the world? What ripple effect did you cause today? Right? All of these questions play a huge part in how we communicate, how we behave, our choices, everything. But if you never stop and ask the question, you're living on autopilot. You know those 
politicians with the ego only talking back and forth. Whoever has the loudest voice wins. That doesn't, there's no winning and losing in life. <laughs> it's not a win-lose situation. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So take the time to ask yourself at the end of every day, look back at your day. Think about it. Think about how you played out the day. Think about how you affected other people. It's so important. Huge. It, it but thank really you. Is. That's a great scripture to remember because yeah. honestly, I honestly think we are we are our greatest mystery to solve, but we need to take time to <laughs> unwrap the package. No, you're absolutely right. We do. We absolutely do need to take time. And it is one of those things that hopefully uh, people will take the time to do. And that's why we have been encouraging people since September of 2019 to spend time in that still quiet small place during the first year, 2020, the year of perfect vision, then the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s. Because you are, you are going to get answers to a lot of the questions you have had about why I am the way that I am. And it may or may not change who you are, but at least you'll be aware of, of the why. Uh, I did go through a personal growth program once where they, they kept in reinforcing this. Give up the need to know why. Okay, so if you knew why your parents did this, that, and the other thing, how would that change your perception? Now, in many cases, it might. I, I look at my parents and the way they raised me and say, Hey, they did the best they could with what they had. I don't blame them for anything. I'm 61 years old right now. I am 100% responsible for who I am and where I am and so forth. But it it releases. And also, you, you also said something to this effect earlier as well, that we don't make mistakes. We have life lessons or learning experiences learning opportunities yes everything is a learning opportunity you know gary zukov uh wrote a a book called the seat of the soul and there's a beautiful statement he makes in that book that if we were to look at our life as a learning it it is a learning like we're, we're in recess right now i know it doesn't feel like it but we have this learning opportunity but if you actually took each moment that you were given an opportunity to make a choice, he says, choose the most conscious, positive choice that you can. This is how you become your authentic self. Take the moment and choose wisely. This is how you live authentically, right? There's no rush. Don't rush into anything. But see this whole experience as a learning opportunity. But, you know, mm-hmm. not everyone believes what you or I may believe, but there's a reason we're here. <laughs> and there's a reason we are going to be leaving here and going back home. But while we're here, you know, my, my little catchphrase, which I shared in Unveil, is um, I'm on vacation as Don James. <laughs> <laughs> before I was named, before I was given the name Don James, I, I didn't give myself the name. Someone gave me the name, but I was something else before I was Don James. I'm on vacation. And if you really look at life from a different uh, vantage point, like I do, you get to realize, you know, I'm on vacation. Let me make the best of this. <laughs> and I know it's temporary. So don't get caught up in the drama. You know, don't get caught up in the drama. Don't get too deep into drama. You need to really pick your head up and look over the horizon and ask yourself, why am I here? How do I want to show up in the world? What ripple effect do I want to leave in this world? 
and start operating from there, you're going to have a much different experience than, oh, woe is me and blame and shame and my parents and my teacher and the neighbor and my brother and my sister. Like, no, like you said, we're all responsible for our own choices. We make choices every day. They say we make over eight to 10,000 choices a day. We don't even think about it. Even breathing is a choice, but we don't even think about breathing. Someone told you to inhale a couple (laughs) decades ago and you just keep doing it ever since. So make a conscious choice. How do you want to show up in the world? Ask yourself and start writing it down, people. Get a journal. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's I I, matter of fact, I just went to the art supply store and I bought one of those um, uh, um, hardcover bound uh, blank page books. Now, it's actually eight and a half by eleven. Mm-hmm. All right. Now it's it's certainly for drawing and or whatever you want to use it for. It does not have lines in it. And so I thought, yeah, wow. I can draw pictures in here. I could write poems that I can put to music, you know, maybe write my second and third and fourth song, that kind of yeah. thing. And, and, and begin that process of journaling in that respect, because the other books I have, the journals, they were all, uh, of course, uh, lined books. And I still yes. go back and look at those. And I'm going, Really? I, I wrote that. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> but I will tell you one of the most challenging things for me, and this was, of course, uh, you know, I was, uh, it was tw- uh, 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 one uh, 1,981 the year, 1981, when I started mm-hmm. writing at the age of 21. And um, I had the biggest struggle with um, editing as I was writing. Oh, I, 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 what if somebody finds this, you know? And, and reads this. Yeah. And that's, that's, a, that's probably one of the biggest challenges when journaling is, you know, like what you were saying about uh, publishing a book and you start reading through this person's books. Oh, no, you, we don't, you don't want to say, put that in the book. You don't want to have that in print, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's the same that's thing it. with journaling. It's like, yeah. so where is there a place where I can write this so I can let it go? That's the whole secret. Let it go. Let it go in the journal. Let it go. The journal is a person. This is a personal, (laughs) personal tool. You let it all go. Listen, I've had people who've suffered some deep trauma and the person who caused them trauma is no longer alive, Mm -hmm. but I can bring them to a place of opening that journal and expressing everything they wanted to say to that person who may not even be here, but bring in the energy and get it out on paper. Do not filter what you want to express. The whole point of self-expression is to freely express what needs to be said. So when you're journaling, it's, it's not about filtering. It's about free expression. Now, writing a book is different. You have to organize before you write, and it's called an outline. And so we teach people how to create outlines. And step one is, and you're going to be shocked. Mm -hmm. I don't want to know what you're writing. The first question I'm going to ask you, Richard, is not what you're writing. That is not the primary question. The first question is why? Why are you being called to write? I want to understand that motivation. Mm. Once I know your why, I then ask you the who question. Who are you writing this for? Mm. Who do you want to touch? Who do you want to reach, inspire, educate, uplift, entertain? Who are you writing it for? Once you know why and the who, 
then we can move into the what would you like to write based on your why and your who. There's no point saying, what should I write? I don't even know why you're writing. Who are you writing for? Is it 10 to 15 year olds? Is it the millennials? Is it the boomers? Who are you writing for? If you don't know who you're writing for, please don't say, I want to publish a book because I will send you right back. Mm. (laughs) I'll give you eight questions and say, here, answer these eight questions and then book a call with me. Get clarity. Mm. The three reasons people don't finish, they're not clear on what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Clarity is why and who, (laughs) and then start working on the what. You can't do the what without the why and the who. There are many tools to do book outlines. I can talk till the cows come home, but I don't want to spend time on that. There are many techniques to getting clear on what stories you want to tell. Clarity, commitment. If you're committed, you're going to set a publication gate. If you're committed, you're going to have an accountability partner because you don't want to fall off the wagon. And lastly is confidence. Many people don't have the confidence. And if you can work on your outline and be crystal clear on your why and who, the confidence will come. And if you need a cheerleader, call me. (laughs) So I got some pom-poms. I actually have green pom-poms. I'll shake it right here on Zoom and keep you going. All right. But seriously, seriously. uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. Seriously, clarity, commitment, and confidence. Mm -hmm. Those are the three things that hold people back. I've seen it hundreds of times. The clarity and the confidence I've got. The commitment, commitment, that's a whole other thing. And you've seen this more than, more times, and you probably experienced it as well. All right. <clears throat> I'm at my desk. <clears throat> and let's just say it's it's not a computer. Right? No laptop. All right, we're going to do it the old-fashioned way, old school, with a pen and paper or pencil and paper. And we'll, yeah. Maybe we'll erase. I would actually say uh, pen only because that way you can't go back and erase. Just cross out that and then continue on. Instead of all of that stuff that... It's part of being committed to what you're about yeah. to say. Yes, I yeah. agree. Pen but, and paper. But then, but then what happens is, you, all right, I've got my desk. All right, so I'm going to put my thing of pencils over here, and I'm going to do this. And you get everything organized the way you want it. I think uh, I'm going to go get, get my favorite beverage first, and, and then I'll put it over here, and I get everything organized. And now the paper's here, and i got my pen. I think I want to use a fountain pen, you know, or a quill, or what? I mean, the, Ooh, and, I'm and, out of ink. the yeah, and the and the and the and the procrastination mm-hmm. goes on and on about setting the right mood and the right lighting, and the the list goes on and on. And oh, I yeah. have to tell you that there was a time when I got trapped in that a little bit, and I'm going, okay, you now spent an hour doing all of this stuff, and you got nothing. Oh yeah. So stop. Listen, I. <laughs> doing this and start even if all you do is put down on your paper what they consider to be the most important part of the book and that is the first line in the book and it needs to be strong it Mm -hmm. needs to be dramatic in a manner of speaking that gets the person interested the reader yeah and yeah. I have mine. I have mine. It's at the beginning of my book. It's how I started. And it's the question that I asked my wife back in, in um, what was it, uh, August 10th of uh, 2021, when she was getting ready to be wheeled in for her surgery. And I basically asked her, and this is the line that I start the book with, do you want to live or do you want to die? I may not like your choice 
but I will support you in it. Oh, my. Wow. Now, that That's sounds deep. pretty damn harsh, but it goes along with the same thing I asked my sister back in January of 2022. Um, uh, you know, and she was obviously going through her ailments and cancer and so forth. And I asked her point blank. I said, uh, uh, because hers was terminal. I mean, it was just, there was no turning back in that regard. I says, are you ready? And she said, yes and no. And I said, uh, okay, what do you mean? And we had a good rep mm -hmm. relationship. So, you know, we were able to talk about this. And she says, well, yes. no, I'm not because, I, you know, I'm just concerned about my husband leaving him behind with everything and so forth. But if I set that aside, yeah, I'm ready. I'm at peace. And everybody I've talked with since has said the same thing when they've talked to her, that she was wow. at peace. She was ready. Uh, she mm. wasn't afraid in any way, shape or form. And uh, so that's the kind of way you want to open your book. Uh, Absolutely. If but we've got to get back to the procrastination there. I didn't forget oh, that. Oh, okay. Virginia. I was going to dodge that one. I was stretching. <laughs> no. So there's two ways to write. Either you love structure, you organize, you plan, and then you focus on chapter one, doo -doo 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 -doo, chapter two, and off you go. The other way to write, it's called pantsers. You fly at the seat of your, you know what, <laughs> you do it, you don't, maybe you write for 15 minutes, next week you write for four hours and then you come back and you're like, oh, let me jump to chapter seven. Okay, I'll get back to two. That haphazard way doesn't work well for most people. And so what I did, based on what I just went through two years ago, I sat my little butt down at 3 a.m. of April, 2020 and 42 days later my book was done more than half a century <laughs> i won't say how old <laughs> more than half a century of life written in 42 days and then i thought you know what if i could do this in 42 days I, i'm pretty sure i could help someone else maybe i'll give some grace i'll do it in 45 <laughs> So I currently work with people who don't have clarity, they're not committed, and they're not confident for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And we sit down and the first three meetings we have is a conversation about their why and their who. We don't even talk about their what. Their why and the who. And then I say, are you ready internally? And I eliminate all the excuses, Richard. You don't need the air diffuser and the full spectrum lighting. And, you know, you heard if you play this Tibetan bowl, you're going to be more creative. Like, forget all that. Mm -hmm. And then I say to them, are you externally ready? Internal and externally ready. Two different conversations. When you are ready and you are crystal clear on your why and your who, we then do something called a drill down. We do an outline and we drill way down every chapter, every innuendo. We get everything looked at. And once that visual is complete and we've agreed on the different components, I then say, chapter one, I need it next week, Saturday. Go have fun. Following Saturday, chapter two. Because you've done the groundwork, you've done the hard work, you're, you're free to unleash your creativity. And this is what I tell them, take 
shut off your phone, <laughs> go to a coffee shop or the library, wherever, do not stay home. Do not write at home. You will always get pulled into something. Okay, unless you get up at 3 a.m. like me and no one's around and you write from three till six, but most people get distracted with the phone, the notifications, live people come and go and go away. I've got one young lady with one little baby. She just had a baby a year ago. She goes to the coffee shop three mornings out of seven. And chapter one is hitting my inbox on Tuesday. And every Tuesday thereafter, I'm getting a chapter <laughs> because we did the hard work. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. A lot of people don't understand what it takes to get to that outline. But once you have it, you're free to write. And so all she has on her little computer in the coffee shop, this is my outline for chapter one. And this is all I'm writing about this week. And that's it. Mm. She's got eight chapters, but we're going to do two in one week. So we're going to be done in 45 days. Done. You know, it, it makes me think of, of going to school, and I'll put the positive spin on it, that when I went to junior college, after getting out of what they call the mandatory portion, the first 12 years, I chose to go to junior college, and I chose to take the English 101 course, not knowing at the time that the syllabus included five essays, which I had never written before in my life. However, once we started... And I got into it. Those five essays, they just, they just came out. They yeah. just flowed. And I had the best time in English 101 in junior college. And that is, that is what is so cool, is um, if you can tap into those good experiences in your educational past, in the yes. classroom and so forth. Yeah. Man, uh, that that's gonna that's gonna drive you forward. And for me, that's what I would tap into. Hey, I wrote five essays, and if I need to pull those essays out and sort of look at them again, I mean, I don't necessarily read them, but just look at that. I got all five of them here because I believe it or not, <laughs> I still have short stories from high school in my file. Yeah. Oh my goodness, amazing! You're like me. I used to be a pack rat, more of a pack rat, but. I don't, I want to circle back to something you said. Yes. It's so important. Go ahead. You said, you said that you're writing and you want to edit. And I want to tell everyone right now, when you're writing, just write. Do not stop. Don't guess. Don't filter. Don't edit. Don't rethink. Just write. Mm -hmm. The editor looks after that. And okay. as a matter of fact, there's so many self-editing tools out there. You can do the first edit yourself, but just write. Yeah. By stopping and pausing and wondering, you slow things down and eventually that excitement fades. So just write. It's, this is no time to edit. Yeah. Please. <laughs> yeah. Now, there are two, there are two uh, um, steps of editing that, that I actually went through my book just yesterday once I got the software on my laptop. The first mm -hmm. one was spell check. I didn't, had not realized that I hadn't run that. And so I did, and I made the corrections. Then the second one was grammar. To me, grammar is a little bit subjective. And the reason I say that is because I sent my book to my sister, um, uh, who I'm very close to, uh, Cecilia. She's a proofreader, and uh, she proofread it. And all of the lists that I had created with comma, 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 and, she changed them all to ands. And, and before I said anything to her, I'm going, wait a minute, that's not right. So I checked with a few people, and it turns out... Either one of those is perfectly and grammatically correct. 
little redundant yeah, but it depends when you say on the, if you're using Chicago manual style, it, there's different styles, yeah. right? There's different editorial yeah. guide guidelines that people yeah. follow. But so. those are the two forms of editing I know that I would do. Uh, yeah. And then I would leave it up to an editor to go from there. And mm-hmm. I would also be very, very conscious of my uh, ego's attitude towards the editing of my book. And the reason I say this, I think this is something uh, that you might want to touch on real quickly here is the reason I say that is because, first of all, it's still my book and my words, even if the editor edits out some of them and you are giving it to the editor to make it better. Correct. So put park your ego behind you. Yeah, because like for me, 90 percent of our clients are first time writers. You're writing a story, I get it, but we do a structural edit because we want that story to flow. Mm -hmm. It has to be clear and concise. It has to have a nice ebb and flow to the story. Mm -hmm. Now, our editors will do the grammatical, you know, we track changes and you can see, but we don't change. We have comments, suggestions, and questions. I will sit with you and go through it. Because we may have a suggestion, a question, a comment. You may not agree with the suggestion, but at least you have an opportunity to review it. Mm -hmm. So even though you're doing a structural edit, there are also elements that we want you to decide, is this what you're implying? Maybe this needs to be said. How about you consider restating it this way? You're learning. So yes, keep, keep an open mind because this is a professional saying to you, your story should be clear, concise, have impact and have flow. And that's what an editor's job is, a real editor. That's what their job is. Um, I'm just very, very fortunate. I have an amazing, amazing team of editors, minimum 15 years they've been working in editing, Um, designers, illustrators, uh, cover designers. I'm just very, very fortunate that I have a beautiful group. And um, most of my editors have been with me since 2010. So that's to tell you the longevity we've worked together. For me, there's a certain joy in seeing a book birth. I almost feel like I'm having a baby. And we capture that. We capture that moment when they see their book cover on, you know, Amazon or what have you. It's really, really important. And so I just want to sum up and say, if you're sitting on the fence and you're not sure if you've got a story, right, just give me a call. Click Let's Talk. Just go to publishandpromote.ca book a 30-minute call, let's chat about it. If you're ready to write, we have some wonderful learning tools that you can check out on publishandpromote.ca. Mm-hmm. Uh, write your story course. We have Write Your Book in 45 Days. I get to work with you personally, and that's live coaching. Um, many, many things you can check out on our site. But at the end of the day, we help you get clear and confident and make sure you're committed to getting your story done. That's what it's all about. And uh, we encourage you folks to get a hold of uh, Don James, our guest here on the program today, author of Unveiled, Autobiography of an Awakened One. And uh, find out more about, number one, how she has published. How many books do you have out now? Um, I personally have eight. Eight Um, books. Clients, I've probably worked with 400 writers. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. And we encourage you to make it 401, 402. If you've got your story to tell and you really want to get it get it going, uh, pleasant to talk with, to work with, I'm sure, and uh, uh, is going to help you to uh, to get get that out there. And then 
man, are you going to feel so much better, not only uh, dropping that 40 or 50-pound sack of whatever it is you've been carrying around, uh, but then for the guys, this is going to be a little hard for you to get, but then birthing that 8 to 10-pound child, which is uh, not really your book. Your book isn't going to be that heavy unless you're making it out of stone tablets. Um, because I've seen some videos on LinkedIn where people, they're opening the box. They're actually rolling the video as they're opening the box for the first time of the Ooh. book that is in yes. that box and how Absolutely. excited they are. Yeah. Very good moment to capture. And you know what? I'm telling you, it's one of the most liberating things you can do yeah. in life is share your story. Well, I'm looking forward to that, and I thank you for sharing your story here on Tell Me Your Story as we continue here on Thanks, uh, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, thank your host, you. and Don, I want to thank you so much for being with us here today. This has been a very educational and a lot of fun as well, and that's what education should be, is a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, we hope that, uh, and, and yes, uh, now that I have, uh, I'll be honest with you, I have been thinking about how to, quote unquote, beef the book up a little bit more, mine, uh, in terms of putting more volume to it, but that's relevant, not just, you know, padding it. Yeah, right. And when I found the, that, I'll call it that digital journal that I started back in the 90s, mm. um, now I can actually go through it line by line and say, okay, I'm going to copy this and I'm going to put it over here, paste it in right. here with this chapter and so on and so forth. Right. That's yeah. what I've been looking for because I, I knew that I had something more to say to add. So I'm looking Very forward nice. to going through that process. And Richard, check your inbox. There'll be an invite to the Costa Rica writing retreat in November. Well, thank you very much. And I invite you to come back again and we'll talk more about this. And I can give you an update the next time we do talk on where I am. And I, even though, even though I have written all five chapters, added some of the pictures and so forth. In other words, I've gone to that level. I think what I'm going to do next is I am going to approach each chapter separately for like you you know like you say for a week all right, right? and just deal with that one mm. chapter going through Great that idea. old journal and finding the relevant elements that i can yes. put in there and go from there beautiful you got a plan richard love it and yep. I'll be looking for that book on Amazon December 25th. And I will be doing my own audio book, folks. <laughs> I'll be doing Love my own. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you. I do have three final questions I do want to ask you, which I've asked you before. Answers okay. do change from time to time. That's why we like to re-ask them. But before I do, I want to let you know how much I appreciate you listening and watching. Tell me your story. New paradigms for a new world as we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., 9 a.m. on Wednesdays for a special edition of Tell Me Your Story. And we are streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. We have podcasts on SoundCloud iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and a bunch of other locations uh, that uh, we've been reposted to. And thank you for those doing that, those folks doing that. We are also on YouTube. 
Richard Dugan, Tell Me Your Story. That's the channel where you can see right now we have about 260 videos, 262 actually, 262 up on the YouTube channel that we've been putting up there for nearly two years now. And so we hope that you'll go there and watch uh, these videos. And podcasts and videocasts, subscribe. Not because I want higher numbers. That's, that's not my goal. My goal is to get this information out. And when you subscribe... You are notified every time a new audio and video is posted. That's the reason I want you to subscribe, so you get notified. Has nothing to... I, I could care less if I have 69, which I do, subscribers on YouTube, or 690. My goal is to get you the information that you can use to give you those choices, as I said before, and the knowledge of those choices by listening to the interviews to help make your dreams come true. So if you can, please do subscribe to uh, the podcasts and video casts and also participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision 2020s, where we encourage you again to go within, use your intuition. Your intuition is going to give you the guidance in more ways than one to write that great, not necessarily great American novel, but that great your story that you will then have available for others to read as well. So we hope that you'll do that. And if you'd like to support the work that we are doing on a financial basis, we have a PayPal account. It's for your security as well as ours. So do what you can. We'll take energetic support as well. And we thank you, thank you, thank you in advance for that support. And with that, we go to our final three questions, and they are in this order. Who is Don James? Don James. I'm going to answer it the same way I answered it last time. Don James is a spiritual being on vacation <laughs> and learning about living, loving, and creating harmony. That's what it's all about for me. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? I want to remind people that they are much more than they realize and to really get to know all aspects of who they are, physically and spiritually. It's so important to remember who we truly are behind this body suit, as, you, as I call it. <laughs> and finally, what is your life's purpose? The short answer is teaching. The, the not so short answer is teaching people how, again, live in harmony with you, with each other, and live in harmony with the planet. All of my work I've written is about harmony. Everything I do is about reminding people how to create harmony, wherever that may be, in you, around you, the planet, everything. So that's my work. Well, Don James, again, thank you so much. And we encourage you listeners and viewers to go to publishandpromote.ca. You can also go to donjames.com as well and find out more about the work that she is doing, the eight books that she has written, including Unveiled Autobiography of an Awakened One. And may we all wake up and realize that our, our stories important 
to be told. So I hope that you will take advantage of this opportunity. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to Lal and Jeanette, I'm listening.